This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Actually, we are probably recording right now. Never going to tell me those. Oh, hang on a second. It's because this isn't scrolling down. He did. He did say recording. Oh, now he's going to keep that in. Every week <laughs> something happens. <laughs> Every damn week. Oh God, I can barely speak. Remember, this is, this is the big, this is the first thing people are going to hear on the podcast. Yeah. You know, it's, it's important to set the tone, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think we are. That's my point. Mm. Oh yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for downloading the Homestyle Radio podcast. Um, yeah, it was all right today. <laughs> Probably. Felt all right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> anyway, I'm um, going to take a few minutes uh, to talk about the uh, the game against Everton, the nil-nil draw in midweek, uh, since we didn't do that throughout the course of the show. It's a key talking point, really. Chaps was the, was the red card, and the fact we didn't score, I guess, as well. Uh, I, I thought it was a, a fairly decent performance. I think they were... A couple of clear opportunities for us. Um, in particular, I think Wickham missing one. Um, I'm, just, you know, I'm struggling to remember the game. Boy or missing a couple. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was particularly yeah. the header, wasn't it? The header that went yeah. drifted the, um, wide. Very much. The, the Crystals came out and did a bit of a dance at the start. I remember that. I don't really remember <laughs> much about the game, actually. It's quite, <laughs> quite forgettable, really, wasn't it? Yeah. They, they walked us a picture at half-time. Can you run us through what the dance was, Nick? No. No, because <laughs> I'm at the age thinking, cool, ain't they cold? Yeah, right. Could, oh, oh no, no, no. That's enough. But it was. I mean, obviously, first of all, MacArthur was sent off for, for two yellows, wasn't he? Um, but the, the second of which was soft. probably, I think, the, it was soft. Yeah, and it was probably the first thing that Balassi, um had done in the game because he had a real struggle. Struggled really in that match. Um, ended up getting substituted, which doesn't happen a lot, does it? He was poor, wasn't he? He was really yeah. poor, and that's, I think, why I was so down on him today, because other than the goal, he was poor. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot, there's, there's a lot of frustration around it being a couple of points dropped, really. Um, I think before the match, I'd have, I'd have taken that point, um, you know, and a, and a clean sheet. But I think we, we definitely had the opportunities to win it. Does it worry you, or, um, still our lack of proficiency in front of goal, Patrick? A bit, Chris. I mean... Again, I go back to what I said during the regular show. I think the inconsistency of having a regular strike up front is what really has hurt us more than anything else. I think I thought Gale played well 
um, in the first half. He had that great bicycle kick, and it's hard mm-hmm. for him. I mean, he he works really hard. He you know he out jumps guys about a foot taller than he does. We play balls to him that are impossible for him to win. Instead of playing to his feet, so we don't really play to his strengths. So I've got to give him credit for play, you know for a thing. And then again, he's doing decently two matches and he gets hurt again. So that's that's, it. that's my frustration. That's my frustration. And again, you mentioned before about you know the misses by Wickham and Adebayo. That's because you know both have been had been hurt previous to that match. So mm-hmm. it, that's the frustration. Uh, I'm glad we scored today, and, and I think Wednesday's uh, key point was getting the clean sheet. Now the second one in a row, but yeah, not scoring is an issue. I, I mean, I have to agree with you. That's great. You've, you've, my brain has now clicked into place about Gale. Um, yeah. He was he was very very good. He was, he was good. It showed the benefit of yeah, he showed the benefit of actually mm. playing a starting to play some regular football only right. to get injured again. It's just yeah. it's heartbreaking really, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, I thought he played a lot better than the the previous game. I thought he worked really hard. He uh, you saw some leap on him as well, um which is something that you you never really see from Gale. Um only because of obviously the balls are even higher when they go up to him in other games, but yeah, it was a it was a shame because I thought he he worked hard um, as a, as a lone striker, um, and it's he would be somebody quite interesting to bring on, on off the bench for you know um, the, the game at Wembley because I think something that just gives us that 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 Plan B um, you know if we need something different um, and uh, against Watford. Mm. That's a good point. It's a shame, definitely a shame. Yeah. He's going to miss it. Um, so Nick added by your his chance that he missed with a header. Did you notice that he wheeled away celebrating? <laughs> Near enough. I didn't actually. I hate it happens. Yeah. He sort of nodded it down and then just sort of re- started to run towards the Homesdale. Only to it look was back close. It was, it was close. It was, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I think that's probably enough on the Everton game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <it> was, <laughs> we were going to have a recording of us waiting for Albert to type something live. I am perfectly happy with what we've. I'm perfectly happy with what we've done. I think that's brilliant. Um, general consensus, I think, is probably that was two points dropped. In the grand scheme of things, doesn't really matter. But um, but at the time, it was uh, it was very frustrating not to capitalise on on a, on a good opportunity to win. Um, but like I said before, I think I think before the game, I'd have taken a point. It edged us towards a, a, a safer total, and the point today against Arsenal, which you'll hear us discuss in just a moment, um, that made us even more safe. Homesdale Radio Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and I'm here to guide you through our review of the last week for Palace. Um, hmm, good draw today against Arsenal. A one-one. Uh, at the Emirates after initially struggling in the match. We'll be looking at that in, the, in uh, full detail throughout the course of today. Uh, we'll also be taking a look at the ultimate 25-man squad feature where we'll be looking at four midfielders for the final place. Mile Yedinak, um I've now forgotten the rest, Steve Kemba, uh, Hayden Mullins and Gareth Southgate, who obviously, of course, played in midfield for us as a centre-back for many other people um if that's contact you can tell i've had some wine can't you um that's always to get in touch on that page and also head to the chat room hulradio.net forward slash chat with me today i have albert curley yo mm, very urban uh we have nick gillard in it also urban in a different way we have uh patrick o'connor silence from patrick and alex pench what up wow incredibly urban I think I'll have another go 
Hello, hello, sorry. Hello, sorry. the least urban greeting of them all. <laughs> I actually said Buyakasha, you didn't hear me, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we'll be on, getting on with the show in just a moment. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Forward slash Android. I love his voice. It's amazing. I could speak like that. Anyway, um, start the show with um, a huge congratulations to the Palace ladies team. Uh, today they won the Division One South East title. They are currently unbeaten in the uh, in the league, and it's a phenomenal achievement because they are uh, they're now a Premier League club going into next season. I have been sort of told that um, some of you may. Larry, speakers were on mute. Were they? <laughs> Lions five fifty in the chat room. Whole radio don't it forward slash chat is there a delay no sound still no so, sound have you refreshed oh my speakers were on mute but brilliant. i like the way in the chat i've written lions can't hear us and what did you write albert lucky lions <laughs> well thank you for derailing the show by inefficient use of speakers that's uh much appreciated but we've got, we've, we've got, got enough like presenter errors to deal with like Patrick being on mute in the first 10 seconds we don't really need to air listener problems as well exactly it's a very good point um yeah so hopefully that didn't get trampled on the fact that I was congratulating the Palace ladies for winning their winning their division today um it's a huge achievement and it's nice to have uh, one of the teams being champions um we'll be talking about the Everton game in the uh in the added content in the podcast Intro, of course, if I've now said this and you're de- you've downloaded the podcast, I'm now telling you about it after you've heard it, which uh, will probably enrage Mikey to, to an extreme extent, and they probably have to cut this bit out. Um, no, we, we, we had that good chat about time once, didn't we, that confused <laughs> We did. I can't remember what it was for. It was another intro we did, but you and me got quite confused about, uh, about whether or not we could refer to the past tense when it was going to happen in the future. So, yeah. It's quite difficult, wasn't it? As thrilling now as it was then. anyway um, I'm going to have a little quick reminder of how the game played out today and then when we get back from that we'll get straight into the discussion every picture tells a story keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio Ozil takes it out and looks to release Palassi he did get to it first and then Gabriel held him up Still has to get back against him. Something I need to cut out the ball intended for Conor Wicker. Good example of what Thomas will be looking for today. Really quick counter attack through the pace of Balassi. I think Gabriel could do better in this challenge here. He should be winning that. Conor Wickham providing good support to the back post. The ball and not quite good enough. Is this going to be the moment that Wayne Hennessy has his first real save to make? Arsenal trouble the Crystal Palace goalkeeper so far. They've got a lot to do. Whoever hits it, Palace have got all of height in the wall here. Sanchez! Not to get it. Wayne Hennessy acknowledging the, the job that the wall did to Here's Ozil. Sanchez. Ozil! Stopped by Hennessy. And finally the Crystal Palace goalkeeper is worked. Goodbye with the kick. Wickham! Oh! 
couldn't keep the header down. Taking a quick free kick there, looking for Sanchez! Terrific effort because Suarez saw the run, looked as if he was well positioned at the Palace left back. Well aware that the Sanchez is going to make the run off the wide area. Good early spot from Ozil. Here's Balassi. And he goes for the target and it's crept in! completely takes Petacek by surprise and the goalkeeper won't look up back on that with too much fondness Palace are level here it's another devastating blow for Arsenal Giroud just got the edge on Aaron Ramsey there and Kukula has to come across to cover Well, Koscielny has lost out, it's Wilfred Zahar, and if he could have rolled that across, then Adebayor was in acres of space. It's a day of underachievement in what's increasingly looking like a season of underachievement for Arsenal. Crystal Palace, no doubt about it, will be happier with the points gained from this draw. Yannick Palassi earning it for them with a shot from long range that crept in at Petacek's near post. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Sorry, I managed to be holding my iPad upside down. I've definitely had too much wine. Anyway, uh, great, um, great reminder of what happened today in in what was an excellent draw for Palace in the end. A lot of the focus post match was um, how Arsenal failed to to capitalise on, you know, the chances and the possession that they had. But really, when you look back at it, Pardew's done an excellent job on containing Arsenal, um, you know, preventing them from, from really accelerating their game and, and overrunning us and, you know, hope to nick something and, and we've had that one moment, one moment in the game, Yannick Balassi's sort of come out of an abject performance really and, and done something spectacular and uh, it's great, great point to get and anyone who's got any sort of, you know, worries about us perhaps uh, still still being relegated, I think perhaps their mind has been put at ease, apart from Mikey, the producer who's still still con- convinced that we're not safe so anyway um let's let's start talking about the game we've had um 
the situation of starting with a 4-4-2, which was, I think, an interesting way to go. Um, Ledley came into the team um, for Zaha, effectively, and, and, and Gale was, of course, replaced by Wickham after uh, being injured in the previous ma- match against Everton. Um, with, so, yet, yet again, we had Balassi starting up top, this time alongside Wickham. And I'll be honest, I would have put in my, my comments for the game was, hmm... Because I don't like it. I really don't like Yannick as a, as a forward player. He's, he's much better on the wing, in my view. And we've talked about it a, a fair few times. But that set up, Patrick, what were your first thoughts? Yeah, um, much like you, Chris, I'm not really sure uh, why he persists, he being the manager, with, with having Yannick so far up the pitch. Um, we've all seen how he's much better when he plays wider. And without Wilf in the side, it's even more important that he play out wide. So I don't really, couldn't really figure that out. I mean, he, he did really well, obviously, he gets Sunderland for hat-trick. But since then, it really hasn't really worked as well as I'm sure he'd like it to work. So I don't know if it's, you know, Yannick persisting with it, wanting to play, you know, more for the others for Congo, or if it, the Congo, sorry, or is it the manager? But I, don't, I didn't really like it. It's, I mean, we've talked about it before. I do understand that, that Yannick's a powerful player, um, that we need, sometimes need a bit of pace up there. Um, and, and the, you know, that, that sort of trickery, that kind of, you know, unpredictability, if you like, which I know is something that Yannick kind of fights against and says, actually, I do know what I'm doing. It's, it's, <laughs> right. you know, but, but it's difficult for defenders, but I just don't like seeing him with, the, with his back to goal. You saw it today when he, when he came off the wing and, and got a shot away. That's what right. he's about. Really. Exactly. Exactly. So, so there you go. And, and Nick, we've got a comment from Lyons there, which kind of feeds in from what I was, what I was saying in the, at the start. Yes, uh, this is from the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat. I'd like to hear all the pod, you bashers, give him credit for getting the tactics right and then changing as the game progressed. Something they regularly accuse him of not doing. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Alex come in on this in a second. And I, I wanna, just want to make the point that all throughout my, my notes up till probably the, the sort of 70, 75 minute mark, I am absolutely slating the manager. For, for just being predictable, for, okay, I get it, we're trying to keep it tight, blah, 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 but all that's going to happen is, I basically wrote, you know, you're relying on us not making a mistake, and the second we make a mistake, we're going to go 1-0 down, and I wrote that before we went 1-0 down after a mistake, so I thought, I, I'm vindicated with my I wrote, concerns. I wrote the opposite to you, though, I said yeah. that we, we did well, we worked really, really hard, especially early on in the game, you didn't say even Punction was chasing the ball down, and really getting back, a lot of and it's not often I, I say good things, but he, he wasn't yeah. walking about. And we were really high pressure. Really no, high we, pressure. no, we were good. And we, we, moment. we pressed in our own half as well, but that's, that showed me what we were trying to do. And it was, we were trying to stifle the game until a moment where we could either nick, where we could nick something. And I can understand that as an approach, but like I said, I felt it was a little bit, it was a little bit over-reliant on us not making an error. And I always think we've got an error or two in us. And, and the with error, Arsenal, the with error Arsenal, a couple of times, sorry, the, when we mm. Broke and we looked like we were gonna. And I wrote this after ten after ten minutes. There were two times where we were breaking forward and Belassi lost the ball far too easily, and then Arsenal broke and we were we were in trouble. Yeah, but what what was different and where Pardew definitely deserves credit and obviously proves he knows much more than the likes of us is that he maintained that tactic after going one nil down. I mi- I thought, and given the history that we have, we have a tendency to do this. When we go one nil down, we then chase the game straight away. You know, make us make a system change. Try and get more people, more people forward, and then then it just breaks down, and we we go two or three, maybe. You know, that that's kind of how I saw the game going. But what what Alan Pardew did is he kept it kept it tight, kept it the same, 
and then just let us play our, play ourselves into the match. And by the end, you know, we, we were the better side. Um, obviously, when you look at the game as a whole, we were we were second best. But when you look at the last ten minutes or so, we, we were definitely the better side. Alex, yeah, um, just want to echo, you know, your 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 views there. Like, you know, we he did try and shore it up, which is you know something we've not really seen uh, from Pardew um, this season. And you know, he put three in midfield. Ledley's on the left. I think the thinking there was trying to nullify nullify the threat of Bellerin because you know Bellerin's a big part of that Arsenal team. Um, and he really does open up uh, the game for them, gives them something different, um, you know, when, uh, you know, the likes of Ozil and Sanchez are out of the game. And, and I think I think Leddy did that to an extent, but then we were being opened up in different areas of the pitch. And, you know, we saw Ozil get in those little pockets. Um, we saw Sanchez get a lot of space. And, yeah, I agree, there was just... There wasn't that, that sort of plan B. There wasn't that... Um, there wasn't that, you know, uh, afterthought about, you know, what happens if we make a few mistakes, what happens then? Um, and I think it was a bit, we were a bit too reliant on, on the likes of Yannick uh, and Punchin um, on, on the break. And, you know, you just, just basically based on how we've been playing of late, I know we got a good result in midweek against Everton, you know, they've not been at their, at their best. I think obviously Punchin played well midweek, but he was playing more on the wing and so he didn't have a, as much of an influence as he did um, in midweek. Um, but, you know, I think we were a bit too reliant on the break and it was very difficult for us to get any chances in that first half. That's right, but but obviously it did seem, well, it did, it proved it proved to be the right approach by the end, which was, like I said, that was a surprise to me, the fact that we, we didn't chase the game too soon and we, yeah. just, we just picked our moment and that's the really encouraging thing. Nick? Uh, well, I think, first of all, Alex Punction did have an influence because he was he was tracking back on Monreal really well. I mean, there were a couple of times where Monreal got away from him. Um Suarez did the same thing, but you know, we're, we're saying, oh, it was the wrong plan, wrong plan. Hennessy didn't have a meaningful save to make until the forty-second minute. Mm. No, that's a very good point. Um, but we, but we did, you know, look. There's there's two ways of looking at it. Yes, we kept it tight, and it, it was proven correct in the end. But when you're watching the game in the, in the first half, you know, Pardew said as much after after the the match that we weren't at the races at all in the first mm. half. We struggled to keep the ball. Uh, the system didn't didn't really give us anything other than you know men behind the ball it was attack versus defense it had you know almost had a, a, a training game kind of atmosphere mm. um i know i know the atmosphere at the emirates is pretty much like a training ground the best of times but you know we we, we contributed to our own downfall when they had about 80 percent possession in the first half now that that's ridiculous you know i know possession doesn't clearly doesn't win you football matches but but to concede 80 percent possession in the first half not if you not if you try and pass the ball into the net, you know. If I if Arsenal are great at getting the ball into the air, they just don't know how to shoot, do they? Yeah. Mm. No, I take the, I take the point, but in all honesty, I think I think yes, we kept it tight, but we were not good in the first half. We were not good enough in the first half with the players we had out there, um, and it was a noticeable improvement in the second half that got us back in the game. Uh, Albert, you haven't said anything yet. What, uh, views on on what we've talked about so far? Yeah, much the same. I mean, the, the possession stats that you've just quoted, you know, say, oh, we were, we were chasing shadows for most of the first half and um, we couldn't get anywhere near them. And, you know, again, we, we, we just couldn't keep the ball. We, we struggled to keep the ball against Norwich, you know, a week ago. Um, a team like Arsenal, if you're, you know, if you're, not, if you're not up to 100% top of your game, then they are going to have a lot of the ball. And, and, if, you know, one, and one mistake, you know, can let a team like that in. And that's what sort of proved to happen. But it's... 
it's, it's, I would have been much happier with going back to the, the formation and Balassi up front. I'd, I'd have been a bit happier with, with that. Again, I don't like Balassi up front, but it, the fact that Ledley, um, Jedinak and Kabay all started, it just seemed to me that the team was a little bit unbalanced with, mm. with no out-and-out real you know, left-sided player. That's an interesting point, and you bring up Jedinak there, and I think this, this is a good point to talk about this part. Um, we talked about his performance against Norwich. He got man of the match. He was absolutely superb. But we kind of, I think it might be me that said it, um, that he kind of had this nagging feeling that against a midfield that was, shall we say, lower Premier League, upper Championship level, he was always going to look more comfortable. Yeah. And today you saw him against a Premier League midfield, a top of the Premier League midfield. Um, and he did, he did seem to struggle a lot more. Is that a fair comment, Alex? Yeah, I'd agree, you know. Um, I think Gennac likes a scrap in reality. And, you know, against the teams that are in and around us, you know, teams like Norwich um, and other teams, you know, in the bottom three, um, they're, they're games made for, for Gennac. And they're made, they're made for, for us to sort of have the upper hand over those teams. You know, when we're like against Arsenal, it's just, you know, we're just going to be sitting back. And, you know, Gennac's not the most mobile. Um, and he's not, he's, when, when he does get, possession of the ball he, he's, his passing's not the greatest but what's great about Yednak is you know that he's able to to break up the break up um possession in the midfield very well and so you know it, it, it's it's gonna it was always going to be difficult for him you know even yeah. Kabai didn't see much of the ball today um he got, didn't have a lot of space whenever he did well, get the ball yeah well again when you talk about Kabai he, yeah. you know he he needs options and, and yeah. that was exactly what it was in the first half it was but in particular, it was there's just there was nowhere to go really receiving the ball, and he was having to play even when he was making passes, and he, obviously he he completes a lot of his passes. He was struggling to be able to play the ball to someone who was in a in a good position. It, it was it was he, he tough. Got sorry for him because you know obviously mm. Kabai's used to be playing with you know better players, and when when he's with better players, he he sort of he looks even he looks better. And so when he's with us, I think it may jeopardise his, his spot in the um, the squad uh, for the Euros for for the French squad, which will be which will be really sad for him because you know the idea was him to move to us and get regular football um, and to to make sure that he's in in that squad for the summer. But going by how we're playing, it's not looking good for Kabai at the moment. Well, go. well maybe not. But yeah, I think and he's, he's got more of a chance than than he had sitting on the bench for PSG. I think, and and I know the manager, the French manager, does does like him a lot. So. I think I think he's you know it's, it has been difficult. You're right, uh, but but you know we're, we're talking about passing. There. Nick, you've got some comments on that in the chat room. Yeah, um, who is it? Russ sixty two A. This is wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Russ sixty two A said he thought that Kabai was the one calming influence. As we're just talking about him, and that he really misses having Jimmy alongside. Um, yeah, the part according to the chat room, John McCormick, um, Bert's head. Booted Eagle all said the passing is just not good enough and I think it was uh, Lions who were in the show earlier for us uh, said at times <laughs> I think the train on how to talk where the world's worst at keeping possession and um, John McCormick has gone John McCormick 6 has gone as far as to say we are a kick and rush side always have been since the 1950s we ain't changed mm, we fear change we do fear change. Um, I know what they're, I know what they're saying. It was funny. I was watching the old firm derby earlier on and watching how Rangers played against Celtic. Um, and it was, Warburton's got them passing out from the back. And the reason I bring it up is because, you know, that's that's a team of division below 
the sort of you know the the, the champions of the top division in the country, and and they and they were brave enough, and they've been playing, you know, to a system enough that to have confidence in their ability to pass, you know, to pass the ball, and receive the position in, the, in decent places, and make space for each other, and that's what we we really don't do. And I don't want to get this. What's well, been a really good day? I don't want to get you know, drag it down to, to, to moaning about the lack of confidence in the players and lack of ability to, to play football. But I think we're better than we're better than we show in terms of how we pass and how we move. And and for me it's it's the movement that's um that's been a little bit suspect this season, in all honesty. The start of the season it certainly wasn't that, but um that's where yeah. I, I feel we struggle. For me the the problem I had watching on Sky earlier was they were so busy showing the Arsenal replays of their near chance that by the time they came back to the live football Palace had lost the ball. So I didn't actually see Palace have much possession in the first half at all because when we did have it they were showing the replays of the um I'm not even sure we had yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but no it was it was just really really frustrating so I, I couldn't actually um see how we'd lost the ball a lot of the times. Yeah. No, no, it was it was a difficult first half. There's no doubt about that. Um, I just want to very very quickly take a moment. So there's some late forward forward reviews coming in. Uh, I want to give a quick shout to those um, before I do. Evening, Nick. Nick Philpot got in touch just to say evening all. Um, uh, Andy David Latter got in touch to say Adebayo ran 50 yards as a forward review, which was um, which we'll come to that later on because obviously it was the key moment in the game for us. But um, get out of jail card was from Lynn. Um, Dave has gone with. Bolly, Quali, Follies, Wallies. Which is impressive. Um, Carl Mortimer went for That Makes Us Safe. Uh, I can't read out Jack Bisland's one, but well done, Jack. And uh, Mark G is, uh, is suggesting under-21s at United, thinking for the midweek game, um, ahead of a, a trip to Wembley, which I'm sure we'll co- I think we'll probably cover that in the extra content, in all honesty, with the amount we've got to get through Ooh, today. Throughout the show. I am a tease, aren't I? Such a tease. <laughs> <laughs> Always have been. Um, hang on. I, I, right, yeah. I'll shut up. So. Um, one time. <laughs> we don't talk about that, Albert. Certainly not on air. Um, but look, I, th- I did think it, we, we did have a, a confident start in that game. But um, you know, it, it set the tone for me. We'll talk a little bit about Yannick now because obviously he's, he's ended up the match winner. But. Um, in the first half, he, there was a moment he, he sort of received the ball and kind of fell over it. Um, and, you know, that it happens. Even to the best players, it does happen. Um, but he, he kind of got up, threw his hands in the air while the ball's kind of with the Arsenal player about a yard behind him. And he's not looking. He's not chasing it. He's not... It's almost, I think, you know, and, and Pardew said after the game, I'm going to pretty scroll down to the um, comment of Pardew's that I wrote down. Um, he said he's been... He, he seemed affected... Um, but the but the score in the goal will lift him for the remaining games. And then, what do we think Pardew means by Yannick being affected, um, Albert? Uh, I wonder if it sort of ties into. I think it was a comment that Gel made a couple of weeks ago. There was so much pinning on um, pinned on Yannick returning to the team. And you know, this is this is ten, twelve games ago. You know how oh, when Yannick's back, we're going to kick on and everything will be all right. And you know, he he certainly had an effect on the team in in various games, and you know, he 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 does nine times out of ten. You know, he's one of the people that's trying the best on the pitch, and he always puts one hundred percent in. But it, it always goes back to you know his his finishing isn't great. You know, he can he can be quite frustrating here and there for fans, and, I, and I'm assuming some of the team as well. Certainly, strikers potentially. So I just wonder if if Pardew's alluding to that that it's not, you know he's not. 
he's not clicked and had a had what you would call a purple patch. He's not had a run like Wilf where there was you know the beginning of the season. You could you could pick out a run of four or five games where Wilf was the standout player and, and most things were coming off for him. And Balassi just doesn't seem to have had that. Not for not for not for the lack of trying. I'm not having a go at him at all because you know he, he should always be a starter for me. But I just wonder if it's something along those lines. Um, go on, Alex. To make your point on yeah, that. Yeah, I've got quite an interesting theory on this. I think if we look at Balassi last season, um, you know, I think he thrived um, when he was under pressure uh, for his place because there are times. Um, last season where he wasn't you know first choice um, and I think this season you know with obviously the big Sacco injury um, you know Lee being out and um, Punchin being out for a significant amount of time you know Balassi hasn't had that 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 pressure from somebody trying to come in and and I really think he's sort of taken this season for granted he's sort of taken this season for, for granted obviously he's just come back from injury um, you know a couple of months ago and and so we, you know, he was, and that that tied into you know our really bad you know run of form. And I think maybe if he had somebody sort of knocking on the door, um, you know, for a, for a, for a, for his spot in the first team, he, we might have we might have seen a different Balassi this season because you know he's obviously not been not been recreating that form that you know led him to be linked with loads mm. of clubs in the summer last season. Yeah, there's there's definitely something there's something amiss. Um, and and for for Parchi to say that that goal is going to help him, going to give him a lift. Obviously, the inference is that there's something he's down. He's down about something, and it could just be as simple as his own form. Because in the first half, there were numerous occasions where he's had a very heavy first touch, and that's not something you really associate with him. You sometimes associate him maybe kicking the ball ahead a bit too much, um, you know, or, or you know, or, or running down a cul-de-sac, that kind of stuff. But you don't really associate the, the, a, a poor first touch with Yannick, and I, I think. I think it's noticeable that 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 there was an, an air of relief, and he's obviously he's gone running over to to Pardew to celebrate the goal as well. So I don't I don't know what to to sort of read into that. Whether I read too much meaning in Patrick. Yeah, um, I really I'm at a loss. I don't really know. He's played really poorly the last few matches today. Obviously, the goal was big, but I I, I don't know. I know there was the, obviously an issue with the you know there was a rumor about the contract. I think Gale signed one, and but I got a sworn he signed a new contract last year, so. If if it's money related, that would be that would be bothersome to me that he'd be worrying about that. But I think it's just really the way he's been playing. I think just down on the way he's been playing lately. So hopefully his goal will spur him on. We need him, obviously. Yeah, definitely, Nick. I will say um, a long time ago that um, I did say a long time ago about Blasi coming back isn't going to be the golden boy we wanted him to be. And I know I've had a few spats with Patrick about Blasi, and if he hadn't scored today, he'd have been getting the biggest slating ever off me. He saved yeah. his bacon. And I was thinking today, Alex just typed in the chat, come on, Victor. I'd swap Alassi for Victor Moses. Well, when you see um, Moses being, being pretty much unused at West Ham and really not settling down, it does seem a huge waste. I think he's exactly the sort of player we need. But, you know, not, not at the cost of Balassi. I think I do think right. there's, a, there's I do think there's possibly a chance that um, Balassi might go in the summer, that, he's, that his mind's elsewhere. I, I, right. And that that's complete speculation. On, on no real basis. Up, Who'll pick him up? Loads um, of teams will pick him I, up. I genuinely think, yeah, I think I think form form is very much a temporary thing, isn't it? And they say form is form is temporary, class is permanent. I think that that go that really much goes for Yannick. If you imagine imagine him in in the Arsenal team, you know, today, you think about the players around him. I, I think he'd absolutely thrive. I really do. Um, but and I don't want to see him leave. I want to see him. 
thrive in, in, in the Palace team. Um, but I think much as Wilf has, has suffered at times from over-reliance, I think the same probably goes for Yannick, and, and that's really all it is. What we've got to do as a club is we've got to get better quality in and around them. And I think I think you can even look at today and look at um, Adebayor coming onto the pitch. And, you know, when Adebayor is up for a game, he's a terrific player. And for all the grief he's got since he's joined us about not really firing and not be really being fit, you know, I think he's, there's been moments for us that he's looked absolute class. And I think today... Today he's playing against a team that you know that he, that he was very successful at, who now hate him, and he was up for that today. And I, in a way, that's you can kind of get something to criticise Adebayor about by saying he should be up for every single game in that same way. But that extra bit today, because um, he came on and he played a bit like a playmaker for us. He wasn't really leading the line. He was dropping deep and really sort of pushing people um, um, to, to to step up. And as soon as he was on the pitch, Yannick was was a different player. He, you know, he, he had. He had space to run into. He, had, he, he was in dangerous areas, and that's what the goal came from. Uh, I know you've all probably got something to say on this, but I'll start with you, Patrick. Yeah, and as I watch him play more and more, Chris, I think that he really is more of a, a playmaker as a for, as opposed to a, a focal striker. If we can get Wickham and him fine, we'd be so much better. Today, a couple of times, when we when like Wolf came on and was wide, he was looking to cross the ball, and Adebayor was, was outside the box because he had dropped deep to pick up the ball. So... And of course, for the goal, he's you know he, it was a brilliant play that he made to Fizbalasi. So I think that Adebayor can add so much to us. But what people are lacking, and you're, you're you're right about that, they're looking for him to score goals in every match, and they say you know he can't be bothered. But I just think it's it's, it's that motivation thing that's 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 a little bit worrisome. But I think he really can add a lot. He's a he's an he's a class class player who adds so much when he's up when he's up for it. Yeah, I was um, what well, I did a, a thing on Absolute Radio a couple of weeks back. Um, I was talking to, it was, I think it was Clark Carlisle and Ian Stone that were on there. And I mentioned Adebayor because they're saying, why, you know, why didn't Palace go out and get a proper striker in January? And I said, well, look, you know, we went out and we got Adebayor. And he's, he's got pedigree and it hasn't really worked so far. And uh, Ian Stone, I think it was, laughed and said, it's never going to work out. I can tell you that. But I think that's doing him a disservice. I think, you know, as I've said before on, on this show, it, it, he isn't, a player who's going to run in behind. And when we were really struggling for confidence, you know, this isn't until the, the run of the last four games, really. Um, all we've got is, is is a long ball out from the back into the channels because no one's no one's got the, the belief to play through the centre of the pitch. And today, you know, when we had our tails up, when Adwayor was on, was on the pitch, we were playing through the centre. He was dropping deep and picking the ball up, you know, near the halfway line and... and you know, and again, and for the goal on the left wing, he ran fifty yards and, and knocked the ball back to Yannick for the goal. So that's that's what he's strong at. That's that's the kind of play that we have to to produce to actually get the best out of him. And that I mean, that goes for a lot of our players. When we talk about our forward players. We talk about Gale. We should have to play a certain way to get the best out of Gale. We have to play a certain way to get the best out of Wickham. And you know, that's I think that's probably been the the, the telling sort of point of our season that we haven't done that enough. But, um, sorry, Nick, I think it's you next on Adebayor. I wrote Adebayor's game in five terrible puns. Um, mm. The first one was when he came on, it was Adebayor. Then the, the next one is Adebayor side, because he was, and I thought we were going to have another game of that. <laughs> Adebayor poor. Then right, the next so one that's... was after his run, Adebayor awesome. <laughs> and... And then the last one on 86 minutes, Adebay will get us in trouble giving away free kicks there. Oh, Brilliant. Thanks, wow. Nick. And, um, Adebay more. 
from Adabai or there we go. <laughs> Can we have Adabai no more puns? <laughs> Please, no more puns. Um, if you've got any weak Adabai or puns at home, do let us know at HRL Radio on Twitter or go to hrlradio.net forward slash contact. Send more. Um, and also the chat room, hrlradio.net forward slash chat. Um, since Albert doesn't want any more, I think we should insist that you send as many as you can into us. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we've, we've kind of sort of drifted from topic to topic there, but going back to the, the, the first half, um, you know, I thought, I thought in the first half, Suarez was doing pretty well uh, keeping hold of Alexis, but he, he then started to move all around the pitch and it was very difficult for people to, to pick him up. And that, I think, that was our undoing. Um, but also... You know, there, there was a moment where Delaney was very, very lucky to get away um, with a headlock on. I think it was Koscielny from a corner. Um, it was. Yeah, I mean, we, we'd seen earlier in the day in, in the Leicester game a penalty given uh, <laughs> for, for holding against Wes Morgan. Um, yeah. We've seen it given against us, uh, against Watford, where, where your Jednak was holding. Deeney, uh, Albert, you think we were lucky? Oh, yeah, we were very lucky. Um uh, the, the, I mean, penalty decisions this season, not just in our game and just across the Premier League in general, have been baffling. And I, I mean, I only caught the second half of the Leicester West Ham game, and I thought the equalising penalty for uh, Leicester seemed seemed soft. Um, and again, they were they did a little feature on it on Sky. There was about probably four other occasions where West Ham would have had a stronger case for a penalty than the one that they actually got. Um, but I think Damien Delaney's today was probably the um, would have been the strongest shout for a penalty across the across the weekend. Uh, so we've definitely got away with it there. Yeah, I mean you you can't realistically you can't pick, put people in a headlock um, in a corner, uh, but we got away with it. Um, you know, the only, thing, stage, the only thing the only thing that made it worse is if you gave him a noogie, just <laughs> his knuckles. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, I those are the days. How many demo incidents per game? Are they booted saying that there's too many of them in the box for his liking? Yeah, and I like all reckons if one a game that he does. But that's yeah. just it. When the, the, it's it's so such a grey area now. What you can and can't do. You can you can look at an incident and say, "Oh, we got away with one there," and then you can look at. I mean, the penalty that um, Andy Carroll gave away today is exactly the same foul that Delaney did on. Was it Robbie Brady against Norwich? You know, mm. a shoulder to shoulder challenge, right. which. Yep. I don't think it was a penalty at all. And, yeah, and again, yeah, the referee's given it. So incidents are just, it's, it's just really hard to interpret because I, I don't know what the rules are anymore. Well, I think they should just have one ref, a ref that referees every single game. So they'll have to wait for him to travel from game to game and they'll have to sleep <laughs> between them. And that way we will get the consistency that we all, clear, we all, um, we all um, really want. That, Nick, is up there with Joel's idea of getting old women to serve on a panel for the FA to look at yellow cards. <laughs> Just one referee to referee. Whole oh, radio, changing the FA, one step at a time. <laughs> and just, uh, just to make the point, referees are inconsistent as individuals from game to game, so I'm not sure that would work either. Exactly. But, um, so it's a stupid idea, Nick, all right? My other idea is to save on uh, capitalism's killing football, so... Home team always plays in red. Away team always plays in blue. There you go. And that, that cuts the old kit industry and it makes it easy. You what about to you? No then. politics on Homestar Radio, right? right? Tory versus Conservatives. Nice one, Nick. Mm. Well Tory versus Conservatives. Yes, exactly <laughs> how it is. They're <laughs> pulling themselves apart, that party. Oh, no more politics. No. 
Um, I've actually had to buy all puns in, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably a better idea. I'll check if we've got any of those in a minute. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I thought towards the end of the first half, Wickham and, and Balassi were actually starting to trouble the centre-backs, winning a few fouls here and there. Um, I was frustrated again at, at Wayne Hennessy kicking too long. I think he could probably take 5 to 10% off the, the power he puts in goal kicks and, and, and you know kicking out from the back. It, it just just seems to go past everyone, and I think it just surrenders possession too easily. But um, we started to really um, to struggle defensively, uh, sort of about halfway into the half. Um, you know, it's a couple of moments we got away with Sanchez missing missing a control uh, in the area uh, after Ward let him cross in too easily, uh, and that was the point where I started to think, look, we're just going to try and nick something here and rely on have, not making any mistakes, but a mistake is coming, um, and we just weren't. Sort of put in enough. We just weren't enough of a force going forwards. Um, and then Dan got um, got a, a kick. Well, he, as, as he cleared the ball, I'm sure those of you that have played have all had this happen. As you kick the ball out, you end up kicking the bottom of someone's foot, and that is a horrible, horrible injury to get. It just even if you don't break, uh, well, you just call it breaking a toe, but it's breaking the metatarsal, isn't it? it you, even if you don't do that, um, it's a sore one for the whole game. And and you kind of, I think personally, that's what's happened with the with the with Dan's hesitancy when we've when we've conceded, because um, as much as he you know he, he's he's had to sort of stand up and play through the pain if you like, um, he's he's under pressure on the ball, doesn't clear it with his right foot, just takes too much of a, a of a moment. Eventually, it sort of ricochets to Jednak who who gets the ball caught under his feet, and all of a sudden, the mistake that we pre- were praying wouldn't happen. Has happened, and the smallest player on the pitch has, has won a header in, you know, in injury time to score, like he did to us before, didn't he? Um, it it was a really really hard thing to take, but but it was coming, wasn't it? The goal, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, like you said about the possession and just the way we were playing, it was it was coming. But again, it just it goes back to us kind of having you know poor first halves. We we had them so many times this season, and again playing against Arsenal, you, you you're kind of looking for someone to pop up and and. Do something like that. So Sanchez doing it um, wasn't a shock. Um, just going back to what you said about uh, Dan, I, I thought actually Delaney picked up the slack very well for Dan with the injury throughout the match. I thought Delaney had a really good match, and I think that really helped us uh, kind of get back into the match uh, in the second half. Because I thought he really he kind of felt that Dan couldn't really play 100. percent I'm surprised he wasn't actually subbed out of the match. But I thought Delaney really did a good job after um, Dan got hurt. Yeah, that's absolutely right. He did. He got man of the match from um, from Sky, I believe. Uh, Delaney, which was, you know, yeah. I think it was it was a, a fair reward for for his performance in the end, um, despite nearly giving away that penalty. Uh, just very quickly, Nick's come up with um, Emmanuel Ade Ade help score, help score, Ade help score. It's quite good. Well done. Um, me. And, it wasn't me. Yeah. It was Nick Philpot. That's what I said. Right. Nick Phil. Yeah, Nick <laughs> Philpot. Okay, sorry. Okay, um, Albert, you've made the point. I, I did skip over uh, Connor Wickham's chance. Describe it for us. Oh, ball in from the right. Um, Great chance in the middle of the goal around the penalty spot area. You'd like to think that he'd, he'd, he'd do a lot better and get that on target. Um, I think the, the, we can say the goal was coming um, against us. It's just disappointing that it came right at the last knockings of the half, especially in the, in when you put it in the context of maybe only, well, what, 60 seconds before we could have nicked what you'd have called, you know, a last, a last minute right. of the half goal. Yep. So it sort of really compounded the misery, really. Um, yeah, you'd like to think Wickham could do a bit bit better with that you know seeing as he is the focal point and you know he's not um he's not you know it's not he's not a five foot ten sanchez trying to 
get on the end of a ball, you know, he's a he's a big lump, and you'd like to think he'd do better with that. I think Sanchez is four for ten rather than five for ten, but I know what you mean. There was um, to to defend Wickham. Sorry, a bit later in the second half, we actually saw a, a drop ball contested, didn't we? You did, yeah, yeah. Um, which you don't normally see happen. Normally, they just uh, kick the ball to to whatever end they could decide, so they went for it. But that run that Wickham went on, and he passed it into Belassi, who just lost it. But you know that was that was that was an amazing run, almost yeah, yeah. as good as that by all. Yeah, he's probably out for the next four games because of it now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, joking aside, it's um, you know obviously before the, the last injury, Wickham was had that purple patch, and he was incredibly dangerous. And I think it's, again, it, it shows you the disruption you get through through regular injuries. It's I think he had a similar chance against Everton, didn't he, where he's headed it over. It's um, it's, it's very very difficult. To let, without a run of games to, to be consistent with your finishing and he, no, he will, he'll be gutted to miss that Patrick? Yeah, that's an excellent point Chris and people have really not realised that we've, we've had such a stop start with every one of our strikers bar of course um, Campbell, Grail's been in and out you know, he got suspension and he got hurt Wickham's been hurt, played, hurt, played Adwell's only been there since January so when you think about it, we've just have not, we've, I don't think we've, I can pretty much look it up, but we haven't had a 10 game stru- uh, stretch at all We've had the same striker start every single match, you know, whether it be for injury or suspension. So that's been a big part of why we've had to have, unfortunately, have had to have Yannick playing up front or behind the striker because we have made consistency. And I hope that really changes towards the, you know, towards, uh, well, next season, obviously, because we can get Wickham firing and healthy for 30 straight, you know, 30 matches, not 30 straight, but 30 matches next year. We're going to be a different side. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's, well, that's assuming we can get there. It's big. <laughs> you know. Um, um, sorry, I just uh, Alex, you want to talk about Watford? We're talking about um, obviously about the yeah the Arsenal game, really. Well, but go on, thinking, what's the point? No, I was just thinking, like you know, for the Watford game, I wonder if Pardew looks to play two up top because obviously we all know about Deeney and Igalo, you know, and you know Watford playing a four four two. I just wondered whether you know Pardew might be tempted to play Gale. Um, and and Wickham or Wickham and Adebayo against them because just to match them might be an interesting plot uh, ploy there from Gale's from, out, isn't he? Yeah, Gale's out, and um and obviously we we did play two to two up top today, um, but changed what was, it fairly what's Gale's quickly. Gale's injury? The uh, glute, I think it is. It's oh, his okay, glute. Yeah. Oh yes, uh, is that the arse? What? Is that an arse uh, injury? Yeah, tentacle, tentacle, do for that body part. Correct. Sure, it's not yeah. his elbow. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no difference. <laughs> Nice work. No, it's an interesting point. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see. I would like to see a Wickham Gale combination or even an Adebayor Gale combination. But unfortunately, um, Gale's had fitness problems as well this season. That just reinforces the point Patrick's making about never getting a, a run of the same striker playing. It's you know you're talking it like three or four games at most at the moment, which is it's been a feature of the whole season. It's definitely um, a problem. You know, just just look at Leicester having. Having Vardy available pretty much every single week and Mares available every single week, it's, it's carried them to yep. a, to an incredible height. Um, they're not the only two players in that side; they're a good team. But you know, if, if they'd lost one or both of those on a regular basis, like like we've had to suffer, I don't think they'd be anywhere near the top of the league. But there we go; that's just well, me lucky, being bitter. Lucky for them, Vardy's only going to miss the game against Swansea for his um, double yellow card sending off today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but, look. Um, just one thing we did do before we conceded was that Belassi did finally switch to the wing. We pushed Kabai up, um, up behind, and, and 
it, it you know I thought that was a positive move, and that was that was what happened just before uh, Wickham had that that header chance, and you know and I thought that's a better way of playing. But ultimately, it did it did seem that yet again we've conceded an injury time, and it's all of our own doing. We could we could we had two chances to get that ball away, didn't do it, and we, and we go in behind a, a team that's had eighty percent possession in the half. You know, and I and I said this. I said that, you know, there's keeping a game tight, and then there's treating it like a an attack versus defence training drill. And I was pretty annoyed at half time. I said, you know, and I, I felt we've got it all to do at that point. And and you know, having to chase the game, I, I expected Arsenal just to pick us off. Um, you your know. um, your exact words in the message. Well, it won't be exact, but I've got to paraphrase. Um, and I'll, I'll turn the Sky Plus box off at 55 minutes when Arsenal walk in their second goal. Mm. It was. That was my prediction, and I, and I'll stand, stand by that. That's how I felt with the, um, you know, with yeah. the way the first half went, and and the the change that happened at half time was just not the change that I was expecting. You know, uh, Jedinak goes off, and um, and we bring Sacco on. Uh, I'm not going to say too much more than that, other than to ask, what did you think at that point, Alex? I was worried. I was very scared. I was expecting the floodgates to open and to us, for us to lose three or four because I've seen that before where, you know, Pardew just throws tactics out the window and just goes, oh, why not? Let's just bring another winger on and have, and then we have four wingers on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I was worried, but in a way it sort of opened, you know, the game up and Arsenal didn't help themselves from bringing, taking off a few of their players. You know, I thought, I thought that, you know, the two changes they made didn't exactly help them. No. Uh, they brought on Ramsey and Giroud, didn't they? And I thought, uh, taking off Welbeck, Welbeck was probably one of their best players, I thought, in the first half. Um, and, yeah, I, 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 was, I was very scared. And we, we somehow, you know, didn't concede. Um, and somehow, you know, I got the point. Yeah, well, look, but before, obviously, before we, we sort of yeah. get ahead of ourselves a little yeah. bit, I mean, just, just to talk a little bit on, um, on Sacco there, some differing opinions um, I've noticed, um, Albert. You've said you felt he had a good game. Yeah, I thought he. I mean, I'm, he's been awful the last few games. You know, we've all been <clears throat> putting the boot in on him quite, um, quite intently. And uh, but I think today, I thought he had a very solid game. He, he tracked back um, and he started a few moves quite well and was getting up and down. And you know, it's almost the Sacco that appeared for the first few games in a Palace shirt. You think he gets too much stick as well, Patrick? I do. I, I understand it because, again, Palace fans look to, they always look for someone to be a scapegoat. It, it, it's just normal. It does, it, of all the 11 players, you know, if it's not Hennessy. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, I, I do it if it's not much when he does play. It's Sacco. And I get that he has played poorly lately and Albert's why he played great today. But people forget what he did early in the season. He, he played really Two well games. against... 
It was three, so you can't count. It was Villa. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give. It is the difference that he won us points. He won us points. Like he won us points against Villa, against Chelsea. He played really well against Liverpool. That we won. So it's not just two matches. And those points might have saved us. So you can say what you want about him lately. And I'm not going to disagree. He's been played poorly, but to give him stick every time he gets on the pitch is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's so a bad me every time. It really is. It's as bad as that. So, so yeah, I think he did all right so, though. By the way, today. Sorry? So um, you think you did all right today? Yeah. So um, yeah, you know me, I'm I'm not one to give anyone sticks. Certainly not Jordan much. And, not much, um, right? Not much, you aren't. Uh, here's here, here are my thoughts on on Sacco because we we had a couple of moments when, when, with Sacco on the pitch early in the second half where he did actually really well. A couple of times he won he won the ball and and sort of on, on, on left wing and you thought here we go we get, here's a break and then um and then he got about ten yards in about five minutes because he's so slow and, and and he turns back on himself and and i've written this i've written sacco so slow no confidence in possession to take advantage of a break really poor needs to shift about a stone of bulk and develop a right foot now agree in, in hindsight is that, <laughs> that too much sounds, to ask for that sounds quite harsh and i and i when i say bulk i don't actually i'm not calling him fat you know certainly i'm in no position to call him fat but I think he's he's a bit too he's a bit too built up from from gym work and it's it's slowed him down. <laughs> you, you might use those words, but um, I think it's it's stopped him. He's got no acceleration, and I know Bellerin is incredibly quick, one of the quickest players in the league, but he made up about fifty yards on Sacco in about ten seconds, and and it is a problem with with the way we play. And you talk about us as a we've said this before. You talk about us as, as a side with pacey, tricky wingers. And, and Sacco isn't that, you know. He's, he's a direct player, and he does a lot of good work when he's in the sort of final third. But when he's having to get back and defend, which again, and I give him credit, he did some excellent tracking back as well. But he does, he lacks that sort of explosive pace, that acceleration to get away down the wings, and it and it did cause us problems. There are times when we were in a decent position to threaten, but he's had to turn back because he can't play the ball with his right foot. And yeah. It was it was frustrating to watch. Alex, do you want to add to that? Yeah, oh, no, I totally agree with you. I think the the reason why he hasn't got that acceleration is that he's just really not confident in using his right foot. Exactly. And I think if well, he uses for right, running, you know, he just uses <laughs> just, just for, for standing, uses that right foot. You know, that just for standing on, and it's just such a shame because if he used that right foot, he'd get a lot more acceleration. He'd give fullbacks something different to think about. But you just know what you're going to get from Saka. You know he's going to cut in on his left foot and he's never ever going to use that right foot. And and that's what sort of, you know, sets him apart from the likes of Wilf and, and, and Balassi to an extent. You know, they're, they're players that can, that try and use their, their weaker foot, uh, feet, but he doesn't. And it's just, it's just a shame because if it obviously, but, but saying that, obviously if he had a strong right foot, he wouldn't be playing for us. That's just the reality of it. You know, if he had a stronger right foot, he'd be playing for a better team than we are. So I think that's just, that's just, the, that's just where we are. You know, we're, we're not going to get players that are going to be like, have two Rolls Royces of, 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 of feet, you know, to, to one amazing left foot, one amazing right foot. We're going to have a players that, you know, got, got, you know, things wrong with them. That... You might be able to fit him in two Rolls Royces. And <laughs> <laughs> that was coming well played. <laughs> look, it, uh, to, to give it uh, the, the, the sort of the context it deserves. Um, actually, call Nick chat room first. Chat room. Um, you uh, are, You told me uh, you were going to taste. Yes, but you didn't tell me when you were going to do it. Um, Bert's head, Bakery Sacco, saviour of the palace. I think that's sarcasm there. Uh, Some bloke called Boo. Can't claim him alone for just having a left foot. Punching is the same. That started a nice argument uh, in there. 
Booted Eagle. Yeah, Booted Eagle. He's either. You ready? Yeah. Already, I don't hear. Sorry, By the way, Booted Eagle. He is either not match fit or not up to this league. Pards should really know this by now, so not sure. Nick's going to sort of... the best. Oh, there he is. Nick, uh, get a proper right. internet so we can hear you. All right? Uh-huh. I'm fed up with it. Fed up with it. Um, anyway, so okay, I don't want to make this all about slamming Sacco. Uh, that's the wrong way of putting it. Um, There's nothing to slam him for. He was, he was good. He almost scored um, a header. <laughs> Sorry, I've just noticed Brent Morgan's got in touch to say that Sacco, if you spell it S A C O, means bollocks in Portuguese, so we can call him <laughs> Sachino. <laughs> little bollocks. Well played, Brent. Um, well done, yeah, like it. Um, little, so, anyway. Little, uh, little bollocks, big ass. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no credit where it's due because he was, he was, you know, he was getting in the right areas, he was putting pressure on the defence, and. He was part of a team that was playing better than they had in the first half. And we did. We built some momentum. All of a sudden, we went, I, I thought this, we were going to see the same old stuff in the second half we'd seen in the first half, dominating possession from Arsenal and us just trying to nick a chance here and there. But in reality, we got, we got more of the ball and we looked a proper threat. Um, and, and really, it was, the, it was the change of bringing on Adebayor, as, as well as, as, as Alex mentioned, the, the changes from Arsenal, because... Welbeck, of course, has all sorts of problems. Um, he, he really had, and, and I just felt um, him going off the pitch just surrendered a little bit of momentum from them. And it's it, it was it was just we, we just got that little bit of a lift from it, and and all of a sudden, you know, you, you can start looking at this sort of instance in the game, and it's it's all about us being on the front foot. And you know, with with fifteen to twenty to go, I, I thought. If we're still in this, we're going to have a proper go at them, and and it almost it wasn't quite that. We sort of left it almost until, you know, ten minutes to go. Really, um, there was a moment before I get into the, the real positive stuff. There was a moment I really didn't like before Welbeck went off, and it was it was a long ball forward from from Arsenal into the corner, and Ward just gave it up. Didn't give it up and ended up collecting it perfectly in the corner. That's pretty much unforgivable. Uh, in, in my book, I was not impressed with that. Am I being too harsh, Patrick? Um, we've been harsh in the past, I think, today. Yeah, like, a little bit harsh, I would say. Um, I remember the play, and I th- kind of thought the same thing, but I think that's a bit. Um, I think that's a little bit harsh, on being, if I'm being fair. Hmm. All right. Sorry to disagree no, it's okay. with you. You can disagree <laughs> with me. It's all right. You can take it. Um, sure. I feel badly now. No, don't. I'm all right. I'm all right. But um, <laughs> Ramsey um, came on for Iwobi, who I thought also caused us problems all day. Yeah, uh, and, and, and yeah, it just surrendered that little bit of momentum. And uh, I thought Punch could have, at the time, I thought Punch could feel aggrieved for being replaced by Zaha. I was glad Zaha came on because we needed him and, and he, he had a good impact on the game uh, again off the bench. But I felt I felt any one of well I thought you could have taken Sacco off again, <laughs> or you could have. Um, he just came on. <laughs> yeah, I know. You could. I thought you could have taken him off. I, did, I genuinely wrote that. I said I genuinely, <laughs> I would, genuinely would sub Sacco off again. But Balassi's also lucky to be out there. That was about the hour mark because uh, I just weren't having a proper impact on the game. But yeah. um, but I did think it was harsh on Punch. But it did it changed the system for the better to do that. Um, so Sacco himself got got a header on uh, on goal from the corner. It was tipped over. Um, 
easy claim as the ball came back in and, and then they broke and, and Sacco had to trap back well so he had, he had a bit of a moment in the game and then we were very very lucky um, as D- Delaney passed the ball straight to Ramsey because we had this all day today was it was this a, a ploy from us to try and play out from the back because we had so many opportunities to clear balls where we just didn't uh, something you noticed Nick I think we just got sucked into ticky tackiness <laughs> something about the stadium we tried to be ticky tacky well, it um, was kind of sticky-tacky, wasn't it? Isn't it, it ticky-tacker? Yeah. It was a bit nicky-nacky, oh, yes, yeah. to be honest. Uh, right. <laughs> Let's put a stop to this. Um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, it, it, was, Backy. <laughs> it was just something that seemed a real feature of our game today. I've got no actual problems with us trying to play the ball out, just actually do it. Um, yeah, not give it away halfway through. Yeah, yeah that's, that was a problem, I think. Um, but yeah, again, I, and, and uh, he hit the ball straight to Ramsey, and it was Giroud who effectively just passed it to Hennessy, which was, um, you know, which was a bit of a let off. But it was noticeable we had a, a slight inability to um, to clear our lines, definitely. But from literally from from the the, the kick out from that was um, where Adebayor's come back to sort of the halfway line and, and picked up the ball and just run the left wing just. Just, just kept going, um, which is not something you associate with him. But like I said at the top of the show, he was at, he was up for it. He was playing against Arsenal. He wanted to show them something, and he certainly did that. Cut I it think, back to to, to go on. What? I think Pardew must have told him there was an extra ten grand over by that corner flag. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is harsh. Oh, Albert. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and it was, it was a good. I mean, okay, we we talk about keepers quite a lot. We talk about Hennessy quite a lot. Who. Had a good game today. Um, it was a decent strike from Yannick. It's you know it was it was hit from a very good position, whereas a couple of players obstructed him. Check's view, so he didn't move straight away for it. Uh, got fingertips to it, but couldn't stop it. Um, keeper error or just too too good a strike, uh, Alex. Um, I've, I did think that Yannick struck it nicely. Um, you know, he for once he he got one of his shots on target. I think that's one Yannick. You know, obviously he's sort of lacks cut, cutting edge at times and I think he did strike it really nicely but Czech should have done a lot better there um, you know I think maybe he saw it late I'm not sure if his view was um, uh, blocked slightly by by Gabriel or Gabriel or Koscielny but um, yeah you would expect a lot better there from Czech you know and he's obviously one of the best goalkeepers around and, and, he's, and he's making mistakes like that so you know maybe we are a bit harsh on Hennessy sometimes Sorry, I've just noticed a comment in the chat room from someone called Boo. No idea that is. Chris is always angry. Remember Angry Kid? That's him with Terence's hair. Um, that is a good joke if you know Terence and, and me. <laughs> Nicky Clark. Yeah, Nicky well, Clark. I mean, like, like you, you, you were looking swish on Homesdale TV when it's quite blatantly Alex White. Yeah, it was, that, it was a picture of Alex White. And yeah, anyway. on, well, while we're on the subject of you, Chris, how on earth have you been nominated for Fan of the Year? You, you haven't been to any bloody games. Okay, first of all, that isn't true. I've been to games. Second of all, I told you if you were going to bring this up, I was going to have to point out that I've missed, I've missed game, I've missed seeing games in live in person through quite a serious illness. So you know, thanks, thanks for bringing that up. But, um, That'll get you a few extra votes. That should get me a few extra votes. <laughs> you deserve it, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Coldplay or something. Of, <laughs> just whilst yeah, Chris I'll, tells us this story. I'll ask well, Mikey to. Uh, put, Fix you over the top of this or something like that. That's one of their songs, isn't it? He's probably yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, 
no, look, I appreciate those who nominated, nominated me. I think there's um, some very deserving people on that list. <coughs> um, oh, apparently I've got to say other fans are available. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 it's all fair. I'll be voting for uh, Paul Phelan myself. So top, top man. Uh, anyway, um, moving swiftly on from that, there's a couple of you wanted to talk about the goal as well. Patrick? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it now as, as we're doing the show. And it, he got, it goes actually through three uh, Arsenal players and a Palace player. He was, so he's definitely blocked out. But I, another thing is, I know, and check out a hand on it, but I know that um, he hasn't been playing lately because I think he was been, he's been injured. Ospina's been playing a lot for him lately. So I think it's his first match in a while. So I think he was obviously not, not 100% sharp. But I thought it was a very good strike. You want to be a goal like Czech. Like I always said about, um, about um, Hennessy, you want, you want to go low. So mm-hmm. I think it was a very good shot by Yannick. And again, he was definitely screened out though. Albert? Yeah, it's a, it's, a dec- it's a decent strike, but the way I, I summed it up was if Wayne Hennessy had conceded that goal, would we, would we be saying it was a great strike or would we be saying, you know, rude things? It's a very, very good point, Albert. You're right about that. Yeah. Uh, Nick, did you have anything to add on that or was it just... Just, before he, just before he scored, I actually wrote down as um, Adebayo has passed him the ball, oh no, Balassi. And then it's just put down, it was a really sweet low shot, I thought. And um, if you don't enter the raffle, don't buy a ticket, you can't win the raffle. And his, his, his shots of late have been much more on target. Certainly more on target than Sacco's effort from outside the box a little bit. Yeah, that, I think that joined all bit with, uh, with Punch's penalty from the other year. But have you um, noticed that Balassi either shoots it along the ground or eight feet above the crossbar? There's, no, there's, never, a, there's never a shot that a keeper catches comfortably in the midriff or tips over. But wait, Albert, remember Reading hit the crossbar? So sometimes he gets it up. Remember the Reading one? He cut in and hit the crossbar late in the match. So he does occasionally elevate it and get it on target. Well, you no, shut me up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't think crossbar Sorry. was technically on target. It doesn't get counted as being an on target shot because if it was but, on um, target, it would go in the goal. Did I say on target or I say yeah, on no, the goal? Just, uh, but but, but talking mind. about shots on target, that was only our second shot on target of the game. Yannick also had the other one, which was a weak shot straight at check. Um, and that is another point going, going on from you. If you don't buy a ticket, you won't win the raffle. If you, know, if you don't shoot, you won't score. And we only shot twice. We only scored once. It's, but having said that, Arsenal shot about 19 times and only scored once. So it, it obviously doesn't necessarily follow that we'd have scored one in two if we'd shot you know, more. But... But we are a little bit shot shy as well. Actually, Chris, difficult to say with the amount of wine I've had. We had we had seven shots, two on target. They had twenty-one shots, six on target. There you go. But the final score was one to one. It was indeed. Um, Well, it was it was a it was a properly good point. And and the the really pleasing thing for me is after we scored, we didn't sit back and try and defend the draw. We 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 were the stronger team. We were sort of we grew in confidence put them under an awful lot of pressure and yes a couple of times they broke against us and, and, and you know and, and threatened but you know there was that chance as, as when Wilf ran the entire length of the pitch oh, um, oh, got, oh, got lucky oh. got lucky at the last oh. moment where um, where Koscielny's tried to clear it it's just ricocheted against him but the, the, the reason he hasn't played it straight to Adebayor is as he sort of ran round it to get it to sort of try and get it onto his right foot but as he's reached it it's on his left so he takes that extra touch and that's what it is if, if he managed to run sort of head straight onto the ball onto his right foot he would have lifted it straight away to Adebayo I'm certain oh, of that yeah. but it was you know you're talking such fine margins but that was a moment to win the game and that would have been so sweet but in all honesty it, we probably wouldn't have deserved it and it would have been a, 
glorious as it would have been, I think a draw is probably a fairer result. I'm trying to be pragmatic there, but what a chance it was, Patrick. It was a great chance. Who cares about being deserved or not? But no, um, you're right, Chris. I thought that the extra touch that he took, it really hurt him because uh, Adibar was screaming. You could tell after he was screaming to get that pass. So, And in Wolf's defense, it was a great run. I mean, you're right. To, 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 to get past Kishoni, he was on the ground and then get that touch and get it back. But it was screaming for an, just any kind of pass to the center. There's no way Adibar misses that. There's no way. In, you know, to, to give... Did you see the Everton game? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah may- maybe he misses. But it's against Arsenal, you know. He likes the big occasion. <laughs> I thought he was... Uh... Anyway, Albert, you wanted to say a bit on that as well. I was going to say, no, talking about whether he deserved it or not, I think it was, you know, it was our first point against Arsenal since being back in the Premier League. And I'd say, bar the, the, the first game at the Emirates when we lost 2-0, I'd say it's, the, it's, it's a, the, our first point, but it's probably one of the times where we haven't deserved anything from the game, you know, looking at the stats. Um so it was nice to get something. You know, we, yeah. we, 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 we don't play, get anything off Arsenal. Yeah, we played better last season against them. You know that first game of the season where Pulis walked out on us? Yeah. 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 Ramsey scored in the last minute. Just yeah, we played a lot better last season against them yeah. better today. Good, good point. You're right. We did last year. That's football. <laughs> That's right, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> that as your catchphrase, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't did you said it. <laughs> that's football. I can't um, believe you said it and didn't turn it into some awful pun. Yeah, that's true. Um, so a couple, uh, a couple more things to, to to get through before we get to your four-word reviews, um, and then we'll, then we'll get into the ultimate twenty-five-man squad, uh, where we're looking at the final midfield position. A bit of four to talk about today: Hayden Mullins, Gareth Southgate, Mila Yednak, and Steve Kemba. Macarisaco. Uh, <laughs> Macarisaco, yeah, of course. Um, and just a reminder, we'll be doing some extra pod content uh, after the show finishes where we'll be talking about the Everton game in a small amount of detail and also looking ahead to Man United on Wednesday and, of course, Wembley on the Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah, good stuff. I'll be there. Yeah, you're flying over to try and jinx us again, aren't you? No, don't say that. That's not fair. <laughs> that, is not, that is really not fair. The last time I saw Palace Watford at Wembley, we won. Yeah, there so, you go. Right, that. Um, so uh, yeah, a couple of points I mentioned, of course, um, that, that Pardew and Yala embraced after the goal, um, and the comments Pardew made that Yala has been a bit affected. But what um, what was I thought quite an eye opener about how Pardew was thinking? And again, we talked about this at the top of the show with um, with Lyons's comment as well. Um, that uh, Pardew said described it as keeping Arsenal in third gear. Um, he was just said he was disappointed in the first half, but the plan was keep them in third gear and see what we can get out of it and grow into the game. And obviously it was never on the cards to concede the goal, but but how he described it is exactly how it went. And and I think it's important um, that we do give Alan Pardew an awful lot of credit for the way we were set up today. As frustrating as it kind of was in the first half, and all those little moments we can pick out that we thought weren't good enough, um, we, we got a point where I think most people would have said it, w- it wasn't on the cards at all. It stretches our unbeaten run to, to four games now. Um, yeah, yeah, which is it's better than better than fifteen without a win or whatever it was. So undefeated in um, April, remember that. Uh, undefeated. It's April. longer than the Bakary Sacco purple patch that Patrick claimed. <laughs> Three matches, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, but um, I mean, you know, to give it a little bit of context, Arsenal ended the game with seventy-two percent possession, so. And they were, you know, noticeably a better team than us. But Patrick, you said um, for the show that they're supposed to be a better team than us, aren't they? I mean, 
the amount of money they spend, you know, they finished fourth for the last 20 years, you know, mm. Champions League, uh, round of 16 for the last 15 or 20 years. It's supposed to be better than us. But again, the fact that we got that point, I think, is a, is a, is a huge uh, boost for us. And again, the only 50 point April is a, is a bit of a joke, but it's it's a big thing to, you know, one one and, and drawn three and got just kind of, you know, got things on the right, you know, on the right track, especially with the Wembley semi-final next weekend. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, we've got, we got plenty to, yeah, plenty to be positive about, definitely. Um, so, just before we uh, finish this review and we get to the full reviews, who was everyone's man of the match? Like I said, it was given to Damien Delaney by, by Sky. Uh, Patrick, what were your thoughts? I did state before that I thought that Delaney played well with Dan, but honestly, I thought Suarez had a really good match today. He's yeah. really, since he got, he's been, he was benched, you know, taken off a half-time last day. He's, he's come on leaps and bounds. I think he needs that. Like I, I've always said I'm a big fan of his. I like the way he plays. And just yesterday, I thought he was really good against a very good team. So I think Suarez, for me, would be man of the match. You think the same, Alex? Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, Suarez showed um, in patches this season that he's got the quality at this level. He's just he's just a rough diamond. I just think he just needs to be nurtured in the right way. Um, and I do expect him to be in the team next season. So, yeah, I think Suarez was magnificent today and he really did shut out Bellerin yeah. on the right-hand side. OK, Albert? Uh, I'm going to go with Delaney, I think. I think, yeah, bar if, if we'd have conceded that penalty that he quite rightfully should have given away, it would have been a different story. But apart from that, I thought he was quite solid. Um, I thought Zaha was good when he came on. You know, he's, was he got a shoulder injury or something? Which is yeah. not surprising because he's been carrying the team for the last few weeks. Hey. But, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah I'll, I'll go with Delaney. All right, and Nick? Well, Lyons said that Suarez looked like a puppet that had its strings cut in the first half. They go into it in the second, so he thinks it's funny too. My man, the match is Hennessy. Oh, um, next I was about to say because he made some crucial saves. He seems to have got rid of the crossy jitters, um, which thank thank goodness for um, Norwich last week, who just kept crossing the ball in so he could practice and get over his nerves. <laughs> um, and his distribution was outstanding. I thought today. Absolutely well, outstanding. So it was okay. It was outstanding. Well, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say on the distribution side again. I thought he didn't hit it too long, too right. often. Um, but but I was also gonna go with Hennessy. Um, not again. I suppose really it's because it's because I exactly as you said, Nick. The sort of the jitters, if you like, had gone. Um, you know, he still doesn't inspire me with confidence. But if he can produce more displays like that, then I think he will. I think he's made a couple of point blank saves. The one. Um, from Welbeck when it, it sort of it just fell to Danny Welbeck really close to the goal and he span and sort of hit it on the half volley that I think was was a key save uh, and it was one from from Sanchez where he got sort of toe poke to it that, um, that he got out too well but he just it was a much more assured um, performance from him I noticed in the, the the poll on the BBS that Alex has just made me aware of Delaney got 31% Soiree 25 and Hennessy 10% um, Interesting stuff, but um, but yeah, Dan and Delaney were also excellent, and um, yeah, definitely um, an improvement for for Suarez as well. I think you know his strength uh, played a big part at times. So there you go. We'll have some four word reviews coming up in just a moment. The Chris final changed name. Chris, sorry, it's changed name this week. It's Adabai four word reviews this week. Um, one that wasn't included, just to make because I make a mention of it, was CPFC GIFs. We said it during the course of the game, Tale of Two Yallas, which I liked uh, liked a lot. Um, but here's the rest. 
Homesdale Radio. Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. www.holradio.net Four word reviews. Mummy White, Yalla just in time. Matt, at the farm banker, Palace never gave up. Michael Clough at Mike Clough, Yalla makes Gunners sulk. Nick Brooks, made my ass cry. <laughs> um, I, I'm just going to do the forward review. Check out the lassie's goal. Richard Norman, the doorman. That's a five-word review, not reading it. Glenn Fossey, gotta love daylight <laughs> robbery. Kendo Nakazaki, at mask underscore wrestler, Blassie shit except goal. Molly Butler, well that was unexpected. Tony Johnson, football flag icon, pinched point from library. Tom McLaughlin, Palace safe, Wenger out. Matt Hansford, I saw Addy run. <laughs> okay, Kevin, Kevin, uh, at Kevin, Kevin T. A. Steph. Uh, Yannick shit, Balassi brilliant. It's a bit of a homage to CPFC GIFs. There's two Yannick Balassis. Johnny Chase, Lorraine's brother. Yay, Wembley next week. Yes. Edward Porter, Yalla wakes up, scores! Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to at whole radio. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. Right, thank you to everyone for those forward views. It is ultimate 25-man squad time. Because um, we're getting down to the last knockings now, we ended up uh, with four, <laughs> four options for this week uh, for the final central midfield position, being Hayden Mullins, Gareth Southgate, Mila Yedinak and Steve Kemba. Um, what I want to do is try and whittle this down as quickly as possible because really we don't want to go on too long and it's a, it's a difficult one. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about those four, I guess, and then throw it over to you guys to do similar to what I do, perhaps, maybe. Um, Albert said newsflash. I don't know what that is. Mike Dean's driving behind my brother on the M1. Who is? Mike Dean. The referee... Fourth official today. Oh, all right, okay. okay. And he said, you know, for a significant cash advance, we could potentially arrange to have him run off the road. <laughs> no, 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 um, no. No, but secretly, <laughs> yes. Who's doing the semi-final next week? I don't know. Probably us. We could rule out Mike Dean, let's put it that way. <laughs> let's do it. Um, just said, yeah, all right. Anyway, um, so to, to talk about the four... Um, Hayden Mullins is an interesting one. Obviously, uh, we, in fact, of them all, um, you know, Mullins, Mullins, Southgate, and Kemba are all proper, proper Palace boys, if you like. Um, you know, Mullins was someone who came through the, the youth system early on, um, started as a midfielder, played as a centre back, and I think probably went as a midfielder again afterwards, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, and went on to have a, a very long career even after he left Palace. Um, always looks an assured and confident player. And, and sort of, and did do it at the highest level, though perhaps not, not for us. That my memory's not quite what it was. Maybe played one season for us in the top division, perhaps something like that. Maybe two, but um, but you know, I, th- I think he's possibly still playing now or, or just stopped. Um, but but he was a terrific young player and and probably underrated. Um, I think probably again had 
had maybe his best days away from Palace. Um, but but a decent player nonetheless. But um, when you're comparing him to 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 well to Gareth Southgate, Southgate's an interesting one uh, as a as a nomination because there's there's not too many more more players who were as successful as Southgate in their careers um, who came through Palace and, and spent a bit of time there. Of course, Southgate played as a midfielder for Palace. Uh, but made his name, name properly as a centre back, you know, for for the Villa, Middlesbrough, England, and um, he's a Crawley boy as well. So I've got I've got a soft spot for for Southgate as much as he seems to get a bit of grief for for his part at the FA these days. Um, but he was uh, an absolutely top player. He was a very good midfielder coming through for us, and went on to be, you know, simply one one of the best centre backs, captained England. You know, it, it was is a top top player, and, and one that I think. From from my perspective, I think he'd probably get in. He should be in Villa's all-time best squad and Middlesbrough's all-time best squad. But for us, you know, he's got to push out some very, very good players. Mia Jedinak has obviously had season after season for for us in the top division this year and was a huge force behind us getting promoted. Um, as one, of, I think he's now equaled the all-time most caps uh, for a Palace player. Um, massive achievements, and and Steve Kemper is just a Palace legend, you know, and, and, and played at the very highest level for, for played for Chelsea and for Palace, of course. Um, obviously, didn't get the international recognition. I think I'm right in saying. So it, it's a tough choice. I'm going to make a choice between those four based on the quick summary I've just given. It wasn't that quick. Um, Patrick, thoughts? Uh, try and go in the same order as you went. Um... Steve Kember, I just missed him when I was young. He, he left Palace in 71. I kind of got into Palace around 72, 73. But I remember when he came back, he was a big part of the 79, 80, 78, 79 promoted team. He brought him back, and he was a, like a veteran for that side. So, uh, very solid player. Again, played at the highest level with Chelsea and Leicester. Wasn't a big goal scorer, but, you know, a combatant midfielder. And, and then came through our apprenticeship uh, program. So, you know, I, I like Steve Kemba. One of the greatest. Man- yeah, and also, as a manager, he was part, He was the manager for the Stockport match. So, caretaker. Mm. So, got to love him for that. Um, Hayden Mullins. I didn't really see Mullins play. Um, decent player. Actually, I did see him. I think he came over here one year when he was a youth team player. I think he, I saw him play as a youth team player over here. But, you know, solid player. I guess he just retired. He's North County. I think he stopped playing last year. But a lot of appearances, over 200 appearances at Palace, and you know, I like I like the way he played. More defensive midfielder, obviously. Uh, Gareth Southgate, great player for us. Um, led us to the Division One Championship, I guess, in '94, '95. Like you said, Chris played for England. <laughs> I mean, not many players that come through Palace end up going on to play for England. So that's a huge Captain boost. Yeah. Captain England. But honestly, my only memory of him in England is the penalty kick miss. I hate to bring that up. I can't remember. Is that Euro, the Euro's 96 penalty kick miss, which really kind of sullies it a bit. But a great player for Palace and, you know, a leader. Again, came up as a, I guess, a midfielder and played, or was a defender and switched to a midfielder or or vice versa. But very good player. And then there's Jedernak. For me, Jedernak is one of the players, midfielders, I really, really come to respect and and, and like. He's been here for, since 2000. Uh, I guess eleven, and he he he's he's like the thread that that's kept the thing together in that whole you know you look at Delaney and him, uh, so I think Ward's been here obviously Spironi he's been such a huge huge part of what we've built and he's still here, and I think everything that we've done good in the last five six years has been because of players like him what he brings to us again he plays for Australia he's played in the World Cup, 
I know people have, you know, people make fun of his lack of passing ability, etc. But I think what he does for us has been so huge. And I think whenever he plays well, we do well. So I'm a big fan of Melee. So uh, that's basically the four players. Mm. Nick, I'd have had um, Ben Watson above Hayden Mullins if it was down to me. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Um, <laughs> like like Patrick, I'm, I'm going to bore everybody with this. <laughs> but I think Southgate. I, I expected him to manage Palace one day. Yeah, uh, Melee Jenny, right. the only. The only Palace player to score in a World Cup finals. Great goal too. Yeah, free it kick, was yeah. a great goal. But looking at these, I'm going for Southgate because I think he was he was he was one of us came through the youth and was was a backbone of a of a very very good Palace team. Milo's been too inconsistent. I can't remember Southgate having a bad game. Albert. Uh, very quickly, Kemba's way too early for me. Any any um, positive feeling towards Kemba would be based on his time as a manager. Uh, Southgate again. Ever that's when I just started getting involved with Palace, but again, not 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 at an age where I could critique him as a player um, fairly. So for me, it's, Mullins is when I was definitely a regular at Selhurst and. I think he, uh, you know, his versatility and again the fact he's a youth, youth player and you know he went on to you know play for several Premier League clubs and and had quite a reputation at one point. <clears throat> um, he's definitely a contender and yeah, Mile. I mean, yeah, inconsistent potentially, but I think he, I think you can certainly say the effect he's had on our team, on the whole, um, has been more positive than it has been, you know. Negative, and he's you know he he came in really under the radar and took a while to settle in. But you know there was there was a definitely a good a good majority of a season and potentially longer where he was just um, you know he was an absolute man mountain. And you know there was talk of of all sorts of clubs trying to sign him. And I know you know St- you know Stoke had, had looked at him quite seriously whilst we were still in the championship. And you know he's he's sort of Mister Mister Reliable almost. He's always been there. He's never. He's never complained, you know. He's, he at the end of every game, he you know he, he makes a he makes a real effort to go and applaud the fans. And I know you can say that's you know immaterial to his ability on the pitch, but it, you can never question his commitment to the cause. And when he puts that shirt on, he's he's genuinely playing for the shirt and the fans. So it's definitely um, it's definitely a toss up between Mullins and and Yedinak for me. Really? Okay, um, Alex. Very quickly, your views. If you can remain connected to this call for a little while, I don't think you can hear us at the moment. Shall I go to the chat room, Chris? Um, yeah, let's let's have the comments from the chat. We'll have to leave Alex's choice. He'll have to tell um, us. So we've got Booted Eagle. He said he likes Southgate as well. It was a great goal against Pompey one season. Bert's head, yes. Pompey. Pompey. <laughs> Pompey. Yes. He yeah, yeah, place erupted when he scored. Three. Um, Southgate, according to Bert's head, purely on the goal he scored against. Portsmouth in a 5-0 win when he ran almost the full length of the pitch to whack it in the back of the net. Boo says Southgate. Bert said, where's Paul Stewart in this list? Uh, and Stewart, like Ambrose, knew where the, where, where the net was from midfield. So uh, just um, to make the point once more, we don't pick these players, you do. If Stewart's yeah. not in there and you're annoyed about it, blame everyone else. And um, Cool Eagle 89 <laughs> said... Uh, cool Eagle 89 said he liked Southgate, but Kemba was brilliant as a player and saved us twice. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I value someone getting in touch and telling us that because, um, you know, it's it's a fair observation that we're talking about a player we haven't seen play. Obviously, I know Kemba as as a caretaker manager on a number of occasions. So I can appreciate by you know by knowing my Palace history like I do 
um, but what, what a player he was for us and, and you can look at his stats and see who he played for and the time that he played and appreciate a bit about him you know but but when it comes down to it if you haven't seen these players play 90 minutes week in week out you can't have a proper appreciation of how good they are so ultimately we are going to probably do them a disservice um, in our in our decisions but quite clearly you know there's a, there's, a, there's plenty of people who know their palace who, who know what, a, what an absolute quality player Kemba was for us uh, Alex is going to have to tell us his pick um, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to go with with the sort of majority of what's happening in the chat room, um, and, and and what we've talked about, and, and just say Gareth Southgate for me. I think it's what he's achieved as as a player. Um, I was leaning towards towards going with Kemba purely because of his association with Palace for so long and how well thought of as he was. But to be honest with you, the, the comments we've had from listeners. And you chaps on the panel have swayed me towards Southgate. Um, so I've picked Southgate. I think you did as well, Nick, didn't you? Yep. Sorry, Call Legal 89 chat room to, to, said, to use a modern day analogy, Kemba was a better version of MacArthur. So he must have been pretty special. Yeah. That's a very good, good analogy, yeah. So, Patrick, who was your pick? Um, I'm going to have to eliminate Hayden Mullins. And uh, again, I didn't really see Kemba as much. And as much as I'd like to advocate for a player who I know was great for Palace. Like, so it's between me, it's between Jednak and um, Southgate. And everyone knows, if you know me, you know I'm a huge Jednak fan. I really, really like what he's, what he's done for our club. But to be honest, if I'm comparing him to Southgate, Southgate honestly has done more uh, overall and a, a, more of a quality player. So I'd have to go with Southgate. And Albert? I'm going melee just because no one else has. I feel he needs at least one uh, <laughs> one voice in his corner. Very nice. Um, I'm going to assume that Alex was going to go for... Melee, uh, yeah, you're right. Melee, yeah, melee as well. But it doesn't matter. It's Gareth Southgate who's made it into the ultimate 25-man squad on the force of votes from listeners and the panel. Congratulations to Mr. Southgate. Commiserations to the rest who, of course, aren't... Uh, they don't. We, we keep calling them binned. I don't like it. They're not really binned. They're, they're just they're reserves for the all-time best twenty-five. Right. The feature called in or bin. You kind of have to say they. Yeah, I know. I, Otherwise, I got... the whole credibility of the entire season of this feature just falls apart. Yeah, well, I'm happy for that to happen. It's, <laughs> okay. with, it's whole radio tradition for features <laughs> to fall apart in their credibility by the end. And uh, <clears throat> but um. But I just want to make that point because people do get upset when we talk about binning certain players. Oh, how can you bin so and so? You know, it is it is what it is. You know, it, they are they are reserves. <laughs> All right, there you go. Um, Southgate actually Penge went for. I've just seen that. So fantastic stuff. Homesdale Radio Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. net. At, at Masked Wrestler, how many Kendo Nagasaki's were there? There were three Kendo Nagasaki's, as I'm sure you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a Japanese one, wasn't there? But then there was a there was a, there were two American ones as well. Um, yeah, who was your favourite from back then? The, the wrestlers. Mine was Ken. Uh, not Kendo. No. Mine was Giant Haystacks. Really? Yeah. Bruno, Bruno Sammartino, greatest mm. wrestler of all time. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know he was. It's a fact. Okay. I was um, disillusioned when uh, years and years ago I went to a stay at Pontins Holiday Camp hmm. uh, in Brixham in Devon. And there were three Pontins Holiday Camps um, very, very near each other. And uh, my dad took me to see the wrestling in the camp we were staying in. And the wrestling was on the next night in the camp next door. 
so we went to the cab next door to watch it and it was exactly the same so I don't That's... have a favourite wrestler they're all charlatans <laughs> they're all charlatans alright okay um, of course from that era uh, one of the, the most famous wrestlers of course was Big Daddy he was back in the, the time when instead of being sort of pumped with steroids and you know insanely muscly and then going insane and killing each other by like age 50 they were sort of just fat men um it's a bit like they they um, they must have modelled some of the uh, it's a knockout costumes on Shirley Crabtree <laughs> as he was uh, born as. Mm. I mean, do you think being born and christened as Shirley as a man had any impact on him becoming a wrestler? <laughs> Absolutely, wouldn't why wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what was I mean? What were they thinking when they named him Shirley? <laughs> Shirley's never been a man's name, has it? No, it's like John Wayne. What's his first name? He's got oh. a girl's name. Nick, it's unmanageable when you cut, I cut can't remember what it is now. But John Wayne has definitely got a girl's first name. Marion, his first name is. Marion Marion Mitchell Morrison. Yeah, that's That was it. Yeah. Well done. You're welcome. What about John Wayne Bobbitt? Oh, right. oh, Nick, there's no need to mention that. And stop cutting in and out. It's really annoying. Yeah, sounds bad. <sighs> Honestly. Did you know that uh, Big Daddy had his own comic strip in Buster during the 1980s, drawn by Mike Lacey? In Buster? Yeah, apparently that was a comic. I do, because I used to get Buster. Is that like Beano? In it's a comic, yes. I'm just just trying to make sure it's the same kind of genre as Beano, which I used to love to read when I was a kid. That and Roy the Rovers was the best comic books ever written. Yeah, but don't you think, you know, Roy Did and Rovers... Still go? What? Didn't hear you. This is, this is unmanageable, Mikey. You're going to have to edit Nick out entirely. It's a crush. <laughs> it's either, it's either talk, like, talk like that, or it's just so muffled it sounds like he's talking through like a handkerchief trying to <laughs> make sexual advances to Alex. <laughs> Well, let's not rule anything out. Um, so let's take uh, two or three minutes to talk about the games coming up. Um, obviously, we've got uh, Manchester United on Wednesday ahead of uh, the, the the semi-final at the weekend, which obviously, that's on the Saturday, isn't it? Five-ish, something like that. I should probably know I'm going to it. So Sa- Sunday, I think it's four-ish. Sunday at four. I'm going to it, but not be well, Saturday. I won't that be there yeah, that has changed my plans entirely. <laughs> it's definitely Sunday. It's definitely Sunday. Oh, good news. What am I going to do about Monday? <laughs> Turning up for the wrong semi-final and you're up yeah, to fan of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do we want to see uh, on, on Wednesday then? Given the fact that we're we're basically safe, even if Mikey won't admit it. Uh, what sort of team do you want to see us put out against uh, Man United then, Patrick? Well, I can definitely see Man United going with a uh, you know a younger squad also. So I'd like to see so it would be McCarthy probably in goal. I'd like to see Sproni, obviously. Uh, put Mary Apper and um, Hangland if he's not injured or Kelly back there. Get um, Much Lee in the lineup. Campbell up front, and I would like to see one of the youngsters. Uh, I know that Randall Williams is doing very well at under twenty one. He can play because he's under twenty one. So I'd like to get him in his side maybe. If not starting on the bench, 
Uh, and uh, I think we can probably fill it out with the rest of them, you know, with the other players that aren't playing as much. I, I would think you'd play Adebayo and Wickham for a little bit just to keep them, you know, match fit. So they might come on as subs. I want to rest Balassi and Zaha and Punch and Kabai. Put them in cotton wool. <laughs> Do you not think Led- we get... Cool. Also, let Ledley play also. Do you not think we're getting into the, the dangerous territory of the Premier League? Um, sort of saying you're bringing into disrepute by not by playing a, a weaker team. I would. That's a great point. Except for they normally get into that, Chris, when it has something to do with relegation or, or um, championship, and ne- neither side is going for anything besides May night. And I'm guarantee you, they're going to do probably the same or worse than we did. Like Liverpool did today, they played like maybe three or four regular players. They have the rest players too. They're playing Saturday, not even Sunday. So I think they're going to have the rest players too. So I think we'll be okay with that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Alex, what do you want to see? Uh, I'd, I'd like to see um, Kelly and, and Hanglam um, partner each other um, at the back. Um, Mariapa in. Um, I would like to. I think Ledley needs another run out. I think just needs to just um, boost his fitness slightly. Um, Sacco, Campbell. Yeah, and I'd agree. Like another youngster would be great. It's such a shame that all the youngsters are out on loan, but. To be honest, you know, in a way, Kaikai's getting great experience out on loan, and so is um, Boateng. So, yeah, I just want to make sure that everyone's wrapped up in cotton wool and they're all ready for Sunday. That's my phrase. Yes. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> just joking. Half asleep. Half asleep. <laughs> but, yeah, like, let's, just, let's just rest Kabai definitely. I think Kabai definitely needs a rest on, on Sunday. Okay, um, well, let's, or Sunday, sorry. Let's see if uh, we can understand anything Nick says. Nick, what do you want to see with the, with the team selection Wednesday? I'd like to see a strong team because it's so close between 10th, 11th place and where we are. If we can get those three points, we might be up to 12th or 13th, which is money. Second by the semi-final, Nick. Semi-final. No, no we need to, we're, we're playing well. We don't want to disrupt it. We might as well keep, keep the same team. Wow. The, the same basis of team. So we, we get into the groove more. But then if you, this, sorry, Chris, um, if you look at it like this, obviously, if United beat um, Everton, um, then there's a good chance that if we beat Watford, um, we get into Europe. So, in a way, you know, you know, prioritising um, the, the game for Sunday um, sort of achieves our goal, which was, you know, getting into Europe. According don't, to Parish, don't you have to win it now to get? Into no, because if because if United are already in the European place, then we yeah, no don't don't they give it to the next person in the league now? No, I remember when we in Millwall got in, Chris, because they were running around. No, but right? I, I thought it changed after. That's that. the, oh, okay. That's the okay. um, sorry, Capital One Cup. That's what they do. Oh, is it? Ever Cup? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. See, Mikey thinks it's changed as well. I think it's changed. I think it goes to sixth place, but maybe I'm wrong. We'll, we'll have to find that one out. Maybe we should do our research next time. Hmm. Yeah. Nah. nah. First time for everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, um, and, and looking ahead to the semi-final, obviously we've we've got Watford. Last time we played Watford at Wembley, it was a very happy occasion. But um, it's going to be pretty tense this time. They're coming coming off the back of um of some poor form, but they got a win at the weekend. Um. So uh, I think who did they beat two 0 Someone. Swansea, no. Swansea. West no, Brom. Newcastle beat them. It was West, West Brom. Brom yeah. Yeah. That's it. So I mean, they're coming off the back of um. A bad run, but obviously have picked picked up to re- picked up a result there, and they'll be in the Premier League for next season as well. Um, so it, it's a huge game for them. Um, how are you feeling going into it? Are you confident at all, Nick? I, 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 I don't know how I feel about it. I hope we get through, but it's Palace in it, and we beat them last time to get into the Premier League. It, it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't go through. I think we we've got. A much better chance against Watford than we have against Everton or Man United. 
Although that said, Evan was so abject the other night that perhaps it would be better to play them. But no, it's 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 important. In fact, going going back to the to the uh, starting lineup Wednesday, if MacArthur's got anything in with a shout, maybe he could do with a with a full yeah. match, and then see if he's ready for for Wembley. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's certainly he's back in training, which is a huge positive for us. Um, but bringing him in cold to a to an important game, I do worry about a bit. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Match, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm nervous about it. I think it's um, I think it's a big ask to um to, to to win that. But then if you consider who we've beaten to get where we've gone, you know, it's we've not had an easy run. Sometimes in the cup you get. Like if you think about when we got to the final in in ninety, we we had a relatively easy run, um, playing the likes of sort of Cambridge on the way, weren't we? Until we got to yeah. the semi final when yeah. we stepped up against Liverpool and then obviously lost uh, lost in the final to Man United. But um, Chris, you know, go on. What I'll say is that I think we prioritised FA Cup the entire season. You can tell we played much better in the FA Cup matches than in the uh, league, and I think that the fact that they beat us last time gives us a, a bit of a you know on our toes, and I think. We've really got a good chance. I'm flying a long way to come see this match, so I really don't <laughs> want to see us lose on a selfish and I can't take Mikey call me a jinx anymore, so we've got to win. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, and Nick, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna treat it like a a big day out at Wembley though. I'm gonna get there as close to kickoff as I can oh. and just, just see the match. No, it's not the final. I'm not making a big hurrah about it. I still don't think it should be played at Wembley. I agree with that part. It is, so yeah. we'll enjoy it for what it is. Have they sold fans, all the tickets yet? Um, I think we're very close. Watford are about 7,000 off selling out. So, um, I'll be I at think... phase 14 now, or phase, <laughs> <laughs> phase 7. I know we talked about it a lot last week, but just on, on the, t- the ticketing, um, Super Brown made a really good point on the BBS about it, and he said, look, look whatever happens, everyone who was a season ticket holder or a member got a chance to get to get seats in an order which gave you know the the, the should we say the the most regular attendees right. got the chance to get the be- the best seats got the chance to pick their seats and but everyone who wanted to go has had has now got a chance to go and and has effectively has got their ticket yeah. um which which I think is all you can really ask for in in a situation where it's very difficult to make everyone happy with how you sell them because everyone, with gel. especially with gel, look, every everyone basically wants to get the tickets that they want where they want them straight away. That's what everyone really wants. So you physically can't do that. And as we've said, if we get to the final, it's going to be absolute carnage. So look forward to that if we beat Watford. Um, last little thing is that Mikey has done the research, and indeed, it is the only the winner that will qualify for the UEFA. Damn. Um, oh, if, yeah, uh, for Europe. Sorry. Um, Why don't you read that whole? Sorry, Alex. It's all right. It's just changed it because obviously Hull qualified for Europa League, didn't they, when they lost to Arsenal um, and they got relegated. Yeah, it has changed. But as, as Mikey's pointed out last yeah. season, Liverpool finished sixth um, for in Europe because Arsenal won the FA Cup. Yeah. That just confused me, that paragraph. If the yeah. FA Cup winner qualifies for the UEFA Champions League or the UEFA Europa League via the domestic championship, by regulation 3.04 in brackets <laughs> two, the highest ranking non-qualified league club qualifiers taking the lowest Europa League spot in brackets the, the League Cup spot the League Cup inherits the League spot and I've just automatically scrolled to the top anyway. so that's all fine it can be any clearer Nick so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 
The league he cup it. inherits the league spot, and the league inherits the FA Cup spot. Close bracket. Exactly. 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 So obvious. It's clear. It's a as really day. long sentence. Look, what is your problem? It's clear. Look, you wrote. Look. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. The FA Cup winner, if the FA Cup winner qualifies for the UEFA Champions League or the UEFA Europa League via the domestic championship by regulation 3.04 commas brackets two, the highest non-ranking, no, the highest ranking non-qualified league club qualifies, taking the lowest Europa League spot brackets the League Cup spot. Oh, I can't speak anymore. Brackets the League Cup spot. Uh, dash the league cup inherits the league spot and the league inherits the FA Cup spot close brackets full stop who inherits the earth it's the meek oh right okay the meek but Chris the... yeah sorry yeah. what happens if Manchester City win the uh, Champions League and they've already won the league cup does that spot now go to I believe the, I believe the Wolf, spot? The Wolf will be in the Europa, Europa League <laughs> exactly <laughs> there you go <laughs> perfect um there you go. Cheers for downloading, everyone. See you soon. Bye. 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 It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.